Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 33. Here's Pastor Ryan. So, as you know, we finished up on Hezekiah's life last time we were together two weeks ago. And uh, King Hezekiah, I mean, he was one of the greatest, if not the greatest, since King David. In fact, we're told that his heart was so right with the Lord as his father David's heart was. And so he, as you know, at 25, took the, the reins from his father Ahaz. Ahaz was a wicked man. His father was wicked. He shut down the worship in Jerusalem in the southern kingdom of Judah. But as soon as Hezekiah took the, the throne, he immediately sought the Lord and opened up the temple, repaired the doors, brought the priests in and the Levites, and, and got the worship of the Lord going again in Jerusalem. And so he's an amazing king, and God prospered him in whatever he did. And he prospered him because he honored the Lord. And that's still true for any believer in Jesus Christ. If we honor the Lord with our lives, if we live for him, if we seek him, if we study his word, we seek to know him better every day and cry out that we would be obedient to him, cry out that we would not walk in the flesh, but walk by the power of the Holy Spirit every day. My goodness, my friends, your life and my life will be blessed. And we're a testimony to that. He blesses those who abide in him. And so Hezekiah was blessed. Everything he did prospered. Um, God gave him great victories over his enemies. And the kingdom was doing great. But in his latter days, as it is with prosperity, it's super. it can be super dangerous to have all your prayers answered and God's blessing to be upon your life. Because whether you're going through a trial or being blessed by the Lord, He's still going to test whether or not our love for him is sincere. And so, you know the story. He got sick. He cried out to the Lord to give him, uh, to heal him and, and extend his life. And the Lord did for 15 years. But after that, the uh, Babylonian ambassadors came to to spy and to look at uh, all the treasures of the Lord and and. Um, we're told that the Lord allowed them to come and allowed uh, Hezekiah to, you know, kind of host them to see where Hezekiah's heart was. And, and, uh, he lacked discernment because his eyes were not on the Lord at the time and his heart, we're told, was puffed up in pride. And, you know, and Isaiah the prophet went and asked him, what did you show these ambassadors from Babylon? And he said, all my treasures. And just the fact that he called them his treasures. Right, They were gods, all of them. Everything he ever uh, was blessed with was of the Lord. And so um, the Lord promised that wrath was looming upon him, but it says that uh, he humbled himself uh, for the pride that was in his heart. And not only himself, but all of Jerusalem basically cried out to God, like, you know, forgive us our pride. And so the Lord said that the wrath would not come upon uh, him during his lifetime, but 
the following generations would, would feel it, and that's true. When he died, he was buried honorably uh, with uh, kings of David, and then his son Manasseh took over, and uh, that's where we're at in our story. So verse 1 of chapter 33, it says that Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king, and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. That's a long time, 55 years. But he did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. So he was 12 years old, guys, when he took the the reins as king. That meant for the first 11 years of his young life, he was co-regent with his father. I mean, what does an 11-year-old know? What did he see growing up at the feet of his father? Did he see his father Hezekiah's love for God? Did he see Hezekiah's uh, daily worship of the Lord? Was Hezekiah's eyes on God? Who knows? We know that Jerusalem was in a good place. He, everywhere this young prince would have gone or been around, it would have been around godliness. The temple was, was again thriving with godly priests and Levites and you know, the worship of the Lord was there. We don't know the extent of the teaching his father gave him. Who knows? Maybe his father was too busy as a king. We know kings can get busy. We don't know, but what we do know was that the moment this young boy became king, he went wicked. He went the way of evil. And it saddens me because his father, the moment his wicked father, died he went towards the lord immediately we see the providence of god and the free will of man at work each generation must choose who they're going to serve if you and i serve the lord our children have to choose for themselves who they're going to serve I like what my brother, uh, Pastor Jason, said on Sunday. The Lord has no grandchildren. He deals with every son and daughter. And, uh, and so here we have just a, a bad choice. We don't know uh, what his life was in the palace. But I'm reminded nonetheless that as a Christian and a parent of my little Tovaya and Olive, you are nine and seven, my heart goes out to them. I want to make sure that they see their parents loving God. I want them to see loving parents within their home, not just at church. We were at their parent uh, teacher conference uh, on Tuesday and received report cards, you know. They're always good because you, you, you find out how your child is doing and the things that they need to work on. In, in reality, at that age, it's the things we need to work on as parents. To, and so my boy needs to, I need to read to him more. I told the teacher, sure, I hang out with him plenty, but I don't hang out with him reading books. It's boring. <laughs> we throw things. We wrestle. Um. All right, books, it is. But can we get some cool biblical, Bible? We do Bible, but, you know, so we'll work on that. But anyhow, 
as I was in the meeting, the Holy Spirit began to speak to my heart that God has blessed me with these little ones to spend quality time with them, to help them in their reading when need be, to make sure they know that they're loved by their parents. I'm not the pastor seeking for more ministry. I want as much ministry as God wants me to have, but I have learned that he wants me to be there for them because we need to pass our faith down to the next generation. You don't want them resenting the Lord because we're bad Christian parents, snapping on them or ignoring them or living our own lives. I mean, my goodness, they're a gift from God. It's up to us to honor the Lord with these gifts and to be there for them. Maybe that's speaking to your heart. Maybe you've been too hard. Maybe you've been too absent. Maybe you've been, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's important that we care for them and the next generation. It's something that the Lord has put down, my goodness, since ancient times. You read about uh, parenting in Deuteronomy, my goodness, that's a long time ago. You know, you, you see it everywhere. In Psalm 78, verse 5 through 7, it says, For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them. The children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments to tell our children the works of God, how good God has been in your life and mine. He's been good. You can trust him. He's worthy of your praise and honor. He will bless your life. You walk with him. You stay away from the things that are bad. In Psalm 145, verse 4, it says, One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. In Psalm 48, 12 through 14, uh, I love it because it says, walk about Zion and go all around her, you know, Jerusalem there. Count her towers, mark well her bulwarks, consider her palaces that you may tell it to the generation following. For this is God, our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to death. I love that. It's like, take your kids around Jerusalem, take them around the temple, take them around the wall, show the bulwark, show the walls, show the defenses, show how your children how good God is. And as parents, we bring our children, our grandchildren into the house of God and we show them, look at the popcorn ceiling. See that? The Lord gave us that. And, you know, just to show how wonderful God is. Look at what he's, look at how folks come. Look at how people's lives are being changed. Look at how the lost are being found. Look at how God has provided this place where the little lambs are learning how to walk with God and to to not be indoctrinated by the world. They come to this place. This place is a mirror. Tell it, bring them to church. I know there's folks watching that are, are the type of parents that want the best for their children, spiritually, morally, but not necessarily for themselves. They're not ready to give up the drinking, the party life, the self-life. But my goodness, even sinners have some morality they, they hate the fact that their kids are being indoctrinated in the public schools, so they send them off to churches, not for themselves, but for junior. That doesn't work. Parents, it doesn't work. You can't say, do as I say and not do as I do. You must lead by example. If you want it to stick, you got to show them for yourself that you love Jesus Christ and that he's real in your life. 
That's when it sticks. In Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 7, it says, And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Grandparents, you thought you were just going to hang out with your grandchildren. Tell them about Jesus, always. Tell them about Jesus and everything you do. See this pizza here? See how righteous it tastes? The Lord is good to give us a righteous pizza. He wants you to be righteous. To be right in your ways, just like this righteous pizza, this righteous double-double. See that? See how, they're, see, see how they work diligently in there? See, see in, in and out? How they put it together with love. There's even scripture at the bottom of the cups. <laughs> Everything's a Bible study. Yes, everything. Just preach it to them. It gives them the, the best chance for them to choose. It doesn't force them into the kingdom. It gives them the greatest chance. Manasseh had the greatest chance. The little boy, he had it. Shoot, I don't know what causes. It's sad. But anyways, he went, he went uh, crazy. It says that he did evil in the sight of the Lord according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. For he rebuilt the high places which Hezekiah his father had broken down. He raised up altars for the Baals. It's sad that he rebuilt the altars that his father tore down. His grandfather was wicked and he, and he, and he built these altars. As a guy comes along, tears him down. I mean, to the process, the, the, to, what, what are you thinking when you're rebuilding something your father tore down? It, it's sad. He raised up altars for the Baals, right? The false gods, the pagan gods, and made wooden images. And he worshiped all the hosts of heaven and served them. All the hosts of heavens, we're talking the stars, the moon, the sun, the planets. I mean, it shows us the, the mind of, a, of the pagans. Pagans look up and they see shiny, beautiful things that God created and says, let's worship those things. It's the mind of a pagan that he had. He wanted to worship the creature, the created things, rather than the creator. It's so shallow, it's so blind, it's so wrong. He had the mind of a pagan. He also built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, In Jerusalem shall my name be forever. Think about that. He built altars within the house of the Lord. He was thumbing his What's the expression? He was thumbing his nose at the Lord. It's just, it's a direct hit to God. You know, not just putting them everywhere else. That's insulting enough, but you bring it to his house where God said that if my people come into my house and, and seek me and pray to me, I'll forgive them of their sins. If they're fearful of armies, if they come into my house and pray, I will help them. God's house is still holy. 
It's a direct shot at God what he did. You know, in 2 Kings 21, we're told there that Manasseh acted more wickedly than the Ammonites who were before him and that he made all Judah sin with his idols. He was more wicked than the wicked nations that God had destroyed. More wicked than them. As you can tell, altars everywhere. Ashereth, poles, pornographic in nature, Baals. Just whatever's, whatever's clever, whatever works for you. It's a philosophy of the world today. You can worship whatever you want to worship. You can worship the tree. You can worship the dog. You can worship whatever you're going to worship. It's all good. It's all good. And that was his philosophy. Again, it's a pagan mindset. The world says, you know, as long as you, you can do whatever you want. You believe in whatever you want to believe. As long as you don't hurt anybody. That's ridiculous, right? But that's the world. You cannot just worship anything. You must worship the Lord our God and him only. His son, Jesus Christ. And he built altars, verse 5. For all the host of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. Also, he caused his sons to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Hinnom. He sacrificed his sons to the Baals. And that, ba that Baal god is the storm god that basically they worship nature, the nature gods, in order that they, could, they would appease them so that they can in, in, in turn give, a, give the people a fruitful and blessed harvest. A blessed harvest equals money, resources, success. And so what they would do was they would offer their children to the fires of Baal so that they can have financial success. It hasn't changed. 63 million abortions in this country since 1973. And how many of those do you think are the result of of people saying they don't have the money to bring in a child into this world. And the devil whispers in the ear that if you kill this baby, you'll have more resources for yourself. And so he killed his sons. Wicked Manasseh. Wicked man. In 2 Kings 21, where it speaks about his life, it also says, moreover, in verse 16, more, you can check it out later, it says, moreover, Manasseh shed very much innocent blood till he had filled Jerusalem from one end to the other with innocent blood. There was a massive slaughter of people. We're not told of, of like who in particularly. But most commentators believe it was the prophets who were warning him. 
the people who were warning them. They were good priests. They were good Levites. They were good worshipers of Yahweh there who, who, who must have risked their life, but had to. We loved your father. He was a godly man. What are you doing, Manasseh? And he would not have it. And it was such a great slaughter that we're told in 2 Kings 21, 16, that it was a great slaughter, whatever it was. Tradition tells us that uh, Isaiah the prophet was killed at this time by Manasseh, that he hid in a hollow tree trunk, and they found him, and they cut that tree trunk in half. And you read in um, Hebrews 11.37 that some they stoned, and some were sawn in two. And they believe, tradition says, that that could have been Isaiah the prophet. Manasseh was... It's very wicked. He practiced soothsaying, which is basically um, divination in uh, trying to interpret the future, find out what the future holds, right? It's like all the, the card reading, the palm readers of that time, soothsayers, divination, you know, trying to figure out through wicked, evil spirits to figure out the future, what it, what it held, which is forbidden, obviously, in the Word of God, by God in Deuteronomy. He used witchcraft, which witchcraft is, is the seeking to control others via evil powers. Seeking to control others. When you think of witches, witchcraft, it's, 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 it's to control others by evil spiritual means. And sorcery is to try to gain power for oneself through evil spirits. Sorcery. Or pharmakia, you know what I mean? Drugs, whatever. All of it. And he consulted mediums and spiritists. I was driving down Beaumont Avenue and I saw a shop that said spiritist something. Did you guys see that yet? The cards and the hands. and I mean, I don't need to warn you guys about that stuff, but, you know, in case there's a visitor and you, you're into that. I used to be into my horoscope something awful. I was superstitious before I came to know Christ. I'd flip, the, I'd flip a quarter and say, should I do this or not? Is it going to be a good day or not? You didn't do it. <laughs> so, okay, so I was messed, more messed up than you. But I'd, I'd, I'd do that, and then I'd read, like, my horoscope. And I'd read a Gideon Bible, Proverbs, whatever the day was, and I wasn't saved. Someone gave it to me, and my friend said, there's 31 of them, read one a day. I'd read a proverb, I'd read my horoscope, and I'd flip quarters. <laughs> But then I got saved and I realized now, as you do in Jesus Christ, he, all things work together for good for those who love Christ and are called according to his purposes. I know exactly how my life's going to go. It's going to go good. Even if I die, it's going to go good. No matter what happens, we're falling forward. We are blessed. It's all icing on the cake. Things are going to work out good for you. Believe it. But there are people who are consulting mediums and spiritists. He, he did much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. 
He even set a carved image, the idol, which he had made in the house of God, of which God said to David and to Solomon his son, in this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever, forever. In this house, in this house, may this church always be holy. May we seek to keep his house holy. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.